You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast. And today, ladies, we're ending our series on the four women's cancers. And today I'm talking to you about cancer tests for women and some prevention tactics that you may not have even known. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, please go over and leave us a rating and review over on iTunes. Come join us over on Well Woman Network 360 group in Facebook and or take a screenshot Put it up on your stories on Instagram, and we will give you a tag back. So let's dive in and learn about cancer tests for women and some unlikely preventative strategies that you can implement right now. So come on, let's dive on in. Well, women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health. A time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health. A time to make self-care your number one priority. A time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint, have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options, and enjoy interviews with other well women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all-out women's health enthusiast. So you ready to start the journey? Let's go. Well, hello, ladies, and today is our last part of our series on women and cancers. And today I'm going to be talking to you about cancer test for women and some other things that you can do that you probably haven't thought about, or maybe you have, um, in the way of prevention. They're little um, unknown things too. So the first thing is after heart disease, cancer is the next leading cause of death among women in the United States. So we've already kind of learned about that too. That's why it is so important. And that is why we are discussing it here that you have various screening methods and that you see your medical provider on a regular basis so that you can be what? Your number one self-care advocate and the CEO of your own health. Your medical professional will be able to advise you which tests are relevant for your risk profile. And those things include your age, your race, weight, and many other factors. They will also be able to advise you regarding self-detection of symptoms and signs. So with any cancer, ladies, as we've been talking about, early detection is crucial to the outcome. Screening for cancer can catch the disease in the earliest stages and help you fight the disease successfully. So the first thing is breast self-examinations. One of the easiest and most familiar cancer tests for women is called the breast self-exam. You should become familiar with the appearance and feel of your breast and become better able to pinpoint changes when and if they occur. Your medical provider or numerous illustrated websites and literature can help you successfully conduct your own breast self-exam. And you want to do your breast self-exam when your breasts are not hormonally influenced by your cycle or anything else. So if you are a menstruating woman, you want to do it a week after your period. The same thing if you're on birth control, you want to do it like the very week after your period when you first start going back on to your birth control pills. If you don't have periods, then just go ahead and pick any time of the month and put it on your calendar. Because remember, things that are scheduled, what? They get done. All right. Next, mammograms. Another type of screening method for breast cancer is a mammogram. 
A screening mammogram is an x-ray which can provide detailed images to your medical provider for better assessment of your breast cancer risk. It's also a way to catch breast cancer early and have a better outcome. So mammogram screenings start at age 40. They're every two years between 40 and 50, and they are every year after 50 for women who do not have a risk factor. And it just depends on that risk factor. So you want to talk to your medical provider about your family history and see which um, program for getting started with mammograms and how often you're going to have them. That's Again, an independent factor based on your family history and on you, depending on if you've had abnormal mammograms in the past or not. Okay, so the next thing is the pap smear. Cervical cancer is another type of cancer that we talked about that affects women and if caught early through testing can have a very good outcome. A pap smear is the test for cervical cancer and this is performed by collecting a cell sample from the cervix and is tested in a laboratory. Results of the pap smear are classified as as normal, unclear, or abnormal. There's different classifications, but I'm not going to go into those here. Too technical for you. If the results are abnormal, your medical advisor will use a lighted instrument to look for cancerous growth around the cervix. That is called a colposcopy, okay? And that is done by a gynecologist, and that is done only if and when you have an abnormal pap smear, and depending on what that abnormality is is. Okay. There's varying different levels of abnormality. And it depends on, again, if you have the HPV virus, because depending on your age, you're going to be tested automatically for HPV. So it just depends on your age on how that test is going to be performed. Okay. All right. So then, like I said, if your pap smear comes back abnormal, depending on what it is, you may, you may be referred to have a colposcopy and that is done by a gynecologist. And that is where they're taking a snippet of some of you may have already had them in your lifetime, a snippet of tissue uh, off your cervix. And they do a little scraping of the endometrial canal because a pap smear is only a screening test. It's not necessarily called a diagnostic test. Tissue sampling is diagnostic. And in some instances, it depends on, like I said, your age and everything. They may just watch certain things. So again, this is all, you know, based on your age. Um, It's based on the severity of what the PAP test came back as. So you will definitely want to talk to your medical provider about that. But ladies, if you ever do have abnormal PAPs, you do want to make sure that you are getting subsequent follow-up and that you're following regularly for PAP smears in the future. Don't just let it go and say, oh, you know, oh, I had an abnormal PAP smear three years ago and you haven't had a PAP smear, like I said, in three years and then things go awry. Be proactive, be your best self-care advocate. For ovarian cancer, the BRCA gene mutation test involves a sample of your saliva or blood to distinguish whether or not that you have the high-risk genes for developing certain types of cancers, such as ovarian cancer. This test can either reduce your anxiety for developing breast cancer, or it can raise your awareness level so you're periodically tested. Again, the BRCA test is not for everyone. It is only if you have significant family history and you'll want to talk to your medical provider about this particular test, if you are able to get it, if you qualify for it or not, and where you're going to go get it um, and where you're going to have the results read and what you're going to do with that information once you have it. For uterine and endometrial test, okay, a pelvic exam is the first step in determining uterine and endometrial types of cancer. Okay, if the physical exam reveals a possible tumor, your medical provider will recommend an ultrasound test to get a complete picture and then make a diagnosis. And again, early detection and treatment ensures a better outcome. Screening for cancer is the best way to prevent and to detect 
these cancers which affect you and to ensure that necessary treatments, if treatment is needed, is as swift as possible. Okay. So if you have abnormal bleeding, you're probably going to get an ultrasound. You'll probably get a pap smear to check and see how your uterine lining looks and how your ovaries look, how your pelvic, how your uterus looks. And then the pap smear looks to detect for abnormal cervical and, or if any, any endometrial cells are coming down the, um, into the canal, which is not what it's supposed to be doing. So you want to get checked there. So any signs of abnormal bleeding, pain, you know, with um, intercourse, any of those type of things, ladies, always, it's better to be safe than sorry. As I tell my clients, just come in, get it checked out. I like it when people are proactive. Okay. So lastly, um, to end the series, I wanted to talk to you about some lesser known cancer fighting moves that you can make to lower your chances of developing any type of cancer. And some of these just, you know, are not, you know, publicized out there. And we know that if you exercise and you eat better and you try to avoid carcinogenic type of stuff, that we're lowering our, our breast, our, our cancer risk in all areas. Quit smoking, don't drink a lot, um, you know, sleep more, de-stress. But some of these things are um, as follows. Number one, you know, not in any order, just saying number one, stand up and move throughout your day. Because endometrial and colon cancers are much higher in people who spend most of the day sitting. And we now know that, quote unquote, the sitting disease is more harmful than smoking. So that should tell you something right there. So either invest in a standing desk or make it a point to get up and walk around your around your office every hour or so. I have my Fitbit and it tells me, get up, you have blank many steps left in the next hour. So I'm trying to hit 250 steps per hour. So it forces me consciously, and now I'm just actually very aware of it because I've been doing this now for more than 21 days, so it becomes a habit. I just get up and start walking around. Next, consume garlic. The sulfur compounds in garlic stimulate your immune system and its, and its natural ability to fight cancer. Studies show that women who consume the most garlic were half as, li- were half as likely to develop colon cancer as those who, as those who ate le- less. Tongue-tied there for some reason. Ooh, garlic. I love that. So do that. Okay, so next let's talk about marinated or um, meats. High temperatures required to grill, fry, or broil meat produce deadly compounds linked to cancer. Studies show that marinating your meats in wine or beer before cooking greatly reduces these cancer-causing chemicals. Ah, there's a good thing. So that should be good news to you. Also, remember, we talked about the kind of charcoal or things that you're using to um, to cook your meats on the barbecue or smoke them out there. Just be aware of these type of things, ladies. Next is soak up some sun. Vitamin D comes to us directly from the sun rather than from, from the foods that we consume. Low levels of vitamin D increase the risk of many cancers, including ovarian, colon, and breast cancer. Therefore, ladies, try and get about 15 minutes of sun per day. Your forearms are a good place to absorb the rays of the sun. And this, I didn't know either until I was researching for this podcast, is um, dry cleaning. Dry cleaners use chemicals to clean clothing without washing. There's a chemical called PERC. It's called pre chloroethylene, and it can cause damage to the, to the liver and some cancers through inhalation or exposure, even through our skin. So if you have to dry clean some of your clothing, be sure to take them out of the plastic bag and let them air out completely before you wear them. 
Or here's another tip too. If you are buying clothes at the store, a lot of times you should wash them before you wear them because sometimes where they're coming from, they're in plastic bags, they're exposed to chemicals along the distribution chain that you, that you don't know about. So when you get them home, wash them, you know, before you wear them or let them air out. Sometimes like, you know, if you buy shoes, um, I know for me, some, because I'm vegan and I don't buy a lot of leather stuff, sometimes I'll open up a box of shoes that are, you know, because the top is polyethylene, um, it smells really bad. I'm like, oh my God. So I put the shoe box and the shoes outside to get rid of some of that, the chemical smell. So if things are noxious, you know, to you, and noxious means that it just, it smells really bad. It's causing you to have a headache. You just don't, it's just, it's an annoying smell. Then that is, you know, a clue to kind of let it air out and not do it. So it's not to say that you can't dry clean. But just let them air out, take them out of the plastic bags. Don't hang them in your closet closet in plastic bags either. And then the next thing is all my five basics. And you know, I have to talk about those here. So de-stress less, do things to make you happy, things that make you smile. Because I'm smiling right now because I'm recording this podcast and I like doing that. You know, I've got my cup of coffee here. It makes me happy. I've got my diffuser going. That makes me happy. So these are little things that I do in my home office that, you know, make me happy. I've decorated it the colors that I love. I have I have my office by a window so I can look outside during the day. You know, I've got my um, fit, my go, my Fitbit on. So it tells me that I need to get up and moving in the next five minutes. So that's number one, de-stress, enjoy life more, be happier, sleep more. I've been trying to do a lot more of that, trying to get in my eight hours, thank goodness to my Fitbit, because I'm trying to challenge myself to be in bed by nine, because I get up at six, sometimes 5.30, so I need to get to bed earlier if I want to get in those eight hours, just what I have to do. Then, you know, eat better, ladies, you know, have an extra salad, be more aware of those labels that we talked about, um, cut down on the sugar that we talked about, sugary drinks. You know, next is exercise. Get out there and start moving a little bit more. The body is a machine. It needs to be moved. It gets rid of toxins when we exercise. Plus, it builds those endorphins, which makes us feel really good. And then, you know, the last one is always to drink more water, become more hydrated, get the body back into that more basic state. And that happens when we drink more water and we get rid of some of those, you know, sugars and all that other kind of stuff. Like I said, our ancestors, they didn't have sugar like how we did, okay? They didn't go and sweeten everything like we did. That came in later as things started, as we started getting a little bit more industrialized down the road. So practice preventative, practice being your number one self-care advocate, practice being the CEO of your health. So there you have it, ladies, our last section today. And there goes my dog. So good thing that we're ending this on a happy note. I hope you have a blessed week and bye for now. The information, including but not limited to text, graphics, images, and other material contained in the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle podcast is for educational purposes only. The purpose of the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle is to promote broad consumer understanding and knowledge of various women's health topics. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment before undertaking any new health care regime. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read or heard on one of our podcasts. 